This is an Ask Brothers production. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Ask Brothers Rant. Download all our content on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to smash that subscribe button. Enjoy. This is, you know, what this is a lot more complicated than just it is. doing it. Than just doing it when we used to do it on. Um, what's that thing called again? Cast. Cast, that's the one. Cast is a lot better. All right. This was confusing. I had to jump up and down the place. And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I messed up. Okay. I messed up, man. I was asleep. All right. This is why we're so late. I was asleep. Beauty sleep, mate. Beauty sleep. I wouldn't call it beauty sleep, man. I was off work today because like, I was a bit ill. Like, you know what I mean? My, my health has been up and down, man, the last three weeks or so. So I couldn't sleep, man. So I called him quick today. Can't, I can't take you seriously with that picture, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me explain the picture. Let me explain the picture, right? So this was when I was away. Like, nobody knows where I was, but I was away, right? And I'd just been out the night before, and I was a mess. I was a state. A lot of drinking happened. This was when, the like, pots, I was drinking the um, the wine and the Harry oh, mix. Yeah. <laughs> so Max messaged me when I woke up, right? And Max was having his own party in Australia. So we're sending pictures back and forth and whatnot. And this is the picture he sent me, right? And he's like, listen, he's like, when you go on Potts' preview, this is the picture I want you to take, right? And I'm like, <laughs> okay, cool. So I took a screenshot of it, hence why you see the little bit of black there, right? Because I took a screenshot of it. And I was going to have it on the pods preview, but I already had an avatar and the avatar wouldn't change. So I thought, you know what, since I'm hosting tonight, I'm going to have it as my avatar. Funny enough, he's joining us in like 15 minutes or whatnot. So yeah, so I finally managed to get that ugly, hideous picture up. Love it, mate. Love it. That's, that's, the, that's the story behind the picture, and that's the story behind me being an hour and 45 minutes late. I didn't sleep a wink last night, and I was catching up on some sleep. So sue me, you pricks. Sue me. I saw all the messages you were having. Wait until Max gets on here. I've got a few things for him. But <laughs> we have to entertain ourselves somehow, mate. Yeah, we did. Why don't one of you fuckers just call me? You've got my number, <clears throat> man. So if you were to would you even heard it? Yeah, yes, I, I sent you a, vo- a voice note, man. But no, voice notes and shit don't work because my notifications are off of most of my apps, bro. You need to call me. You have my number, man. All right, mate. <laughs> Next time, just fucking call me, man. My phone's always on. But anyway, 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 like I digress and so and whatnot. It does, it does bring the whole thing that it, this is actually Max's voice. You know, he's put on a black man's voice. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, this, that picture makes it worth it while. <laughs> this is Ma- I am Max's clone today. I'm Max. I've even got the picture. See, so now whoever truly thinks right, that Max is like you know an impression of me, this is it. Like he genuinely. It's all true. I believe the rumors. All right, Max is just putting on the voice, and then he's going to have like his his magic David Blaine act when he appears on the screen. And yeah, he's going to come and and do two voices. Give the old <laughs> Going to do two voices. But listen to the two live watchers. Welcome to this madness. My apologies for being late. Okay, like I've just mentioned, it's been a rough 24 hours. And uh, and I can only apologize to the people who actually wanted to watch this. To you, fucks, yeah, I don't care. You can wait. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But welcome, boys. Scunny, Potts, as always. 
Thank you for joining me, man. How are you boys doing? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. All good, bruv. All good. Now that we are, you've woken up, I'm looking forward to this, man. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yes, I needed it, man. If you, if you see my face right now, I look like <laughs> crap, man. <laughs> <laughs> 24 <laughs> 7 see the six foot three stop sign bro it's, it's good the weather's good up here man <laughs> stop sign man that was quality remember that the other day stop sign even he was like what <laughs> yeah man the guys the guys tall but all skin and bone man just skinny and shit man i, will, well, I've always said, I, I always said max looks like an aids victim <laughs> <laughs> man is it bad aids or good aids surely it's I don't bad know, i ain't got that close to him <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh, started already anyway so this is what we're gonna do man we're gonna talk about the youth man because and the reason why i want to do that is because if you looked at the arsenal's summer transfer right the, the summer transfer activity man it basically was geared towards giving the youth a chance, right? And I think we can all agree that when Project Youth began, it was up and down, right? It was up and down. But under Arteta, we're starting to see a sort of different sort of, of mentality amongst the youth. So a lot of them are playing like, you know what, I belong here. And a lot of them still have, you know, they still got to make big steps. So what have you guys made? about the youth so far this season? Uh, well, we haven't really seen much of them. I think there's only been Nelson, Willock, Saka and Martinelli and Guendouzi that we've really seen of the youth to, uh, youth players. Mm. And Saka, and I would say Saka is, and Martinelli have been probably the two best out of all of them. You know, Saka's playing in the position that he shouldn't really be playing in. I know he used to play there in the youth squad when he was uh, when he was a uh, well, I say youth team, but he's you know, I mean, when he's a bit younger than what he is now, what is he twelve? So probably about ten or eleven. You know, he was in that youth team, so it's you know, it's. I think he's done really well. I think he's hard to replace for me personally. Martinelli is just breathtaking. I can't think of any other word to say about him. Mm-hmm. And with Gwen Doozy and Willock, Willock's getting his chances. I don't know me personally. I don't think he's right up there yet, but time will tell on that one. Maybe another season or two, it might completely change for him. Uh, Gwen Doozy had a great season last year. This year he's been hit and miss. He's had a couple of good times and not so much. You know, he's been a bit folly on the floor a lot. And Nelson, I'm just not convinced at all. Not convinced by that. I don't think most people are convinced by Nelson, but considering the um the faith that Arteta has shown in him, Potts, do you think that that Nelson can turn it around and, and we'll be here in a year's time ago and you know what? We 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 hold our hands up, we were wrong about him. It's an interesting one because I actually feel like Arteta's kind of switched that faith now um, from Nelson over to Saka. I think that there's three, in my opinion, that I think can make it Arsenal. And, I, and what I mean by make it Arsenal is in have a have a first team run and a career at the club. And that is Martinelli, Genduzi, and Saka. I'm still not convinced by Joe Willock and Reese Nelson. I think Joe Willock's on the cusp of looking like something special. But then I see him the next game and he hardly touches the ball. Um for me, Joe Willock, I've, I keep saying throughout the season, I keep switching my mind about he's strong, no, he's weak. 
He's lightweight. No, actually, he can hold his own. There's so many inconsistencies with Joe Willock, I think. But those three players, for me, I look like straight away they have a future at the club. Now, with Genduzi, I think what's interesting is I said a few weeks ago uh, that he needs a role model. He needs somebody alongside him, like a leader, to put his arm around him and say, look, keep your head. You've got bags of potential. Stop doing the stupid stuff you're doing because I love your passion, but it's going to get you in trouble one day. What is actually I've seen in the last few games is that I don't think he's needed one of those because mm. there's younger players around him now and he sees himself, although he's the same age or, or near the same age, he sees himself as trying to help them out. And that's what I've noticed the last few games of Guendouzi and why he's played a little bit better. We've needed him the last two games. I think the Bournemouth game, I thought he was outstanding, but the Chelsea situation, that was a perfect sub for me. I just think that when you go down to the situation that uh, we did with 10 men, when he came on, that's why he had such a good game because we weren't in a position where we needed somebody of, of with, with a cool head. We needed somebody to give 110% like the rest of the team were. And I think Ganduzi has had a good season. I know a lot of people give him a lot of stick, but people seem to forget how young he still is. I think he's 20 just. And I look at the situation there and think maybe people don't see Matteo Ganduzi anymore as an 18, 19, 20-year-old. And maybe that's a positive. Maybe that's a good thing. To answer your question on Nelson, I do believe Arteta's in something we haven't in training because for him to straight away look at him and maybe look and say, I did a lot for Sterling. Maybe this is the guy I can do a lot for. I just feel now on the pitch, the fans have really taken to Martinelli and Saka more. And that's why I think we're seeing them to um, shine as such now. Mm. Nelson's dropped out though, hasn't he? You know, he's, he's, he's mm. gone down the pecking order again. You know, the first couple of games he was getting in, now Teta was picking him over Pepe. But now that seems to have... Just gone, hasn't he? I know he's had a, I think he's he's had a knock, in it. Yeah, he's had a knock, but I just don't see him getting back into the team. I just can't see it. No, see, I don't agree with you. I don't agree with you because I think with with Nelson, Arteta has seen something in Nelson that he hasn't seen in Pepe just yet, and that's work rate. In terms of going forward, and in terms of you know putting the ball in and, and beating a man and whatnot, that's that's not Nelson. He hasn't got that just yet, but you know that he's gonna bump. He's gonna walk, run up and down. He's going to work hard. He's going to track back. He's going to help his fullback. He's going to do everything that Arteta says. That's what Nelson has for him at the minute. And I think that if he wasn't injured, he would have started maybe against Chelsea. I think he genuinely, I think he would have started against Chelsea. I don't know. I thought Pepe had a good game against Chelsea, to be fair. You know what? I gave him a minus one. I think that was harsh. I gave him a minus one. I don't know. I was annoyed like half of the game and my judgment wasn't the best, but I gave him a minus one. But one player that I want to touch on because we're going to, we're going to touch on these views individually and that's Gwen Doozy. Gwen Doozy, we don't appreciate him for what he is. And that is he is an annoying, petulant child. If he was playing for the opposition, right, we would hate him but we don't appreciate him for what he is and what he does. And he is a disruptor. When there is chaos, there's no player better than this guy. But he can play as well. Let's not forget he was asked to play the, the Torero against Bournemouth. And he did that. He was in on Gosling really quickly, snapping into tackles, completed all his dribbles, nutmegs here, escaping the press here, goes down a little too easy. So boys, why don't we appreciate this 20-year-old for the talent and for the disruptor that he is. Pots, I'm going to start with you. 
I think it's a great question and it's something I've always asked. I mean, we all know Fergus doesn't rate him and it seems that he can never have a good game. Whenever I speak to Fergus, he just seems to think that Matteo Ganduzzi has been okay. Even Pots, against Pots, Bournemouth, Pots, he said to Pots, me that it was Pots, okay. Pots, hold on, so, hold on, Pots. <clears throat> man, the, the man, Fergus, half of the time, the, he can't even say his own name. So you can't, <laughs> so you can't, so you can't exactly expect this dude to make a right judgment on a on a nineteen twenty year old man. If you can't even say his own name, right? There you go, my bad. So carry on, bro. Carry on. <laughs> but yeah, and to be fair, it isn't just him. There's a few people that seem to say that Ganduzi's uh, just lost his head. Let's not forget that fifteen years ago. We weren't saying that about Martin Keown and the kind of passion that we see from Guendouzi from younger players that we had in the Invincible season. We had players like that that were horrible to play against, that nobody liked in their side. And mm-hmm. Matteo Guendouzi is one of them, which I've always liked. I love that bit of bite. I love the passion that he shows. Uh, sometimes he, he, he can. That's why I said he needs that kind of arm around the shoulder because he can lose his head. But I don't actually mind that about him. I just feel that people get frustrated with him because at the moment um, some of the stuff he's doing is is kind of regular. Um, so when he is going down easy, everybody starts to get frustrated with it. That's the only thing I can think that the reason that people will slate him because I think he's got bags of potential. I think that if you look at what we bought him for, for six million or seven million pounds, if we were to sell him now, I think we could treble that, maybe even quadruple it. So I think he's got bags of potential and I just think the fans get frustrated when they see the same thing. But listen, let's not let's not forget that the people around him at the moment aren't exactly amazing footballers. So for him to come out and do what he's doing, I think he deserves all the plaudits that he is getting from those fans that are giving him the credit. Scunny? Uh, yeah, I can't really... Well, I can say a bit more. Like, I think the reason you got to think as well when he get when he goes down easily, you got to think that every time he does seem to go down, he always wins a free kick. You mm. know, and he's one of them type of players that we've just been mentioning. He has got when he goes down, he wins a free kick. We get frustrated as fans because we want to see a bit more, you know, a faster approach to a game. You you want to see that fast going forward, but sometimes that can't always happen. So he takes the free kick. He's not afraid of a tackle. He's not afraid to get his foot stuck in there. He's not afraid to get a yellow card either. So, and you need players like that. And I mentioned it before about it uh, against, well, especially against the Chelsea game. When the game turns into a bit more of a fight, a bit more of a scrappy game, there's no one better we've got in our team than Gwendouzi to take that scrappy fight he like what you like you said uh manny and he gives 110 percent every time and you can see that and when that game does turn scrappy he i don't think he doesn't really lose his head to me he just uh, you know he just gets on with it he fights for the ball he fights for it you know fights against his man he can move the ball forward his passing range i think for a 20 year old is brilliant you know and a lot of people are mentioning about his passing range not being that good but I've seen some passes from him that will rival Xhaka's long-range crosses, uh, long, long, long crosses, and he's done that quite a lot. There's a couple of times last season where he's put the ball over the top of the defender's head and put someone in on goal. He's, the he's best one was the North goal. London derby, mate. The North London yeah. derby, the ball to Aubameyang. Wow, that was a yeah. vision. That was that was amazing. This, this is it, you see, and he, he can sometimes. He, he tries it, which sometimes it don't pay off, but he can thread that ball through an eye of a needle as well. So he has got a great passing range. He just needs to perfect it a little bit. But then you could blame, you could say, well, he's only young still. He's only 20 year old, but at least he's giving it a go. At least he's trying. 
You know, there's a lot of our players that don't even bother doing that. You know, they can't even be bothered to pass the ball forward. They do backwards and sideways. So, you know, at least this kid's trying. And I've, I said last season, I think, well, when we after uh, when we bought him and he came in last season, I think I said at the start of the season, we need to give this kid a chance. I think he's going to go for it. But, you know, and it's, it's working out for him. And I think we can just say, like like we said before, like, sorry, Max, I'm, uh, uh, Max. Sorry, I've give I'll give the I'll give it away. I'll give it away. Sorry, Max. You know you can you can come out now, mate. (laughs) But yeah, it's it's that picture. (laughs) But yeah, it's like it's like we say he's only a young kid, so he's gonna do some things quite erratically sometimes. And that's what people forget. People are forgetting that this this dude's still twenty. I think it's because he's been in the team for so long and he's played that many games for us already. People are, are expecting him to be established. They're expecting him to be a lot more professional than he already is. But what I like about Guendouzi, right, and you saw it against Bournemouth, he was having a little tussle with Goslin, right, near near their um near the penalty. No, not the penalty spot, near the corner flag, right, near Bellerin. Mm-hmm. And Goslin came in and kind of tried to get the ball off him, but almost stamped on his hands. And, you know, they had a little bit of a, of a tiff. You know, Guendouzi loves that. And then when Bournemouth are breaking, Guendouzi comes in when Gosling gives, gives the ball, pops the ball off, and kind of, I don't know if it was a shoulder, but more like a sly elbow, you know what I mean, to Gosling, to kind of letting him know that he's there. This is what I love about this kid. He's going to leave a little bit on you. He's not afraid to get into the fight either, is he? He's one of the first persons that will jump in. Exactly. I've noticed, you know, if there's a bit of a scrap going on, which has happened a few times with Arsenal now, uh, a bit of a a tiff between two players, of well, mostly Lacazette and an opposite team, who's the first person to jump in? Guendouzi. I love it. Man, do you know what I love the most this season about Matteo Guendouzi that no one has really picked up that much about apart from me? And I was there at the game and I loved it when it happened. Zaha goes through and it's 2-2 and he just goes, fucking see you later. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. How many times, right? And funny enough, we can talk about the same game like a couple seasons, no, last season or the season before, the season before, no, last season, away to um, away to Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace are on the break. Mustafi's on the halfway line. Instead of taking out the man and taking one for the team, he lets whoever it was go through. They go off and win a penalty. Yep. When Doozy now, we have a corner. Zaha is going through and he and Mike, he, he's going to score here. We all know he's going to score. Guendouzi's like, hell the fuck no. Come here. What, by any means necessary, like Malcolm X said, that's what Guendouzi's all about. By any means necessary, whatever I've got to do to make sure my team has a foothold in this game, I'm going to do it. I'm going to annoy the fans. I'm going to annoy the opposition. I'm going to rile them up. I'm going to fall down. I'm going to do whatever I can. And I love that. And a lot of section of the fans don't appreciate that. And uh, genuinely, we should because we, we've we called out for players like this for how long? Yeah. And we've got one, so we better appreciate him. We better appreciate him. And look who's coming to the room. <laughs> Fuck, what's look, up? <laughs> look who's coming to the room. Why did you put that picture up of me? I'm so <laughs> fucking stoned in it. <laughs> <laughs> well... See, now the gig is not up yet, ladies and gentlemen, because as you can see, like, we got a ventriloquist in the house. Mm. 
<laughs> we got a ventriloquist in the house, man. He's doing a double act. He's doing a double act. How's it going, bro, man? Welcome. Yeah. How you been, bro? Yeah. Good, man. I heard you were like the Steve Irwin of Clunge, and you were <laughs> off Clunge hunting again this morning. No, 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 no. no. I was in my dream, though. Oh, were you clunge hunting in your dream? Was it good? Yeah. Was, was she white? Was she white? I was in, I was I know in you got a thing for the white booties. Man, I got a thing for any booty and like any race, man. I don't discriminate, bro. I don't discriminate, man. It's a, it's a pick and mix in my bag, bro. You know what I mean? I don't discriminate as long as they're thick. Right? I love thickness. And that's what I was chasing in my dream, man. I was like in, in the beach in Marbella and just chasing clunch, man. And it was amazing. And then I woke up, I was like, what damn, what time is it? And then I had like 83 messages. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, I need to explain last week, right? Last week, it was genuine. Last week, I had some issues. I couldn't get in touch with the boys because it was, it was just drama in my life, man. But this week, I fully hold my hands up. I was asleep. I was asleep. But Max Ockham, man, welcome to the room. We're just talking about Gwen Doozy, bro. Yeah. See. I, want, I, want, I want your opinion on, 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 on the big man himself. Right, he gets a lot of hate. So, give me some good news. Undue, undue hate. Like, is he twenty yet, or is he still nineteen? He's twenty. He's going to be twenty-one. Right. Yeah. But French league, division two, bought over for I imagine not the 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 role that he's ended up playing, especially the role he ended up playing under Unai Emery. Probably bought over more in the role that Arteta's outlaid him in. You know, as a backup, but. I was very big on the Genduzi could be the next Fabregas train last season. I wavered a little bit throughout the end of the Unai Emery era. But mm-hmm. there's two things that you cannot train. Like I genuinely don't believe that you can train. Skills-based stuff, you can go out and train. You can go out and say, okay, this is where we're going to sit. This is where we're going to move. This is your zone. Arteta's teaching those things. And I think we saw that in the Bournemouth game where he was fantastic. Um the thing you can't teach is how to have really big fucking testicles. And whatever anyone says about Genduzi, that motherfucker needs a wheelbarrow when he goes to the <laughs> shops to get milk just to carry his nuts. The way he fucking kicks people, the way he likes to fucking hurt people, the way he likes to wind up crowds, the way he enjoys being the pantomime villain. I love that. And I love that he's willing to take that role on board. I love that when one of his boys gets kicked, he goes over and fucking kicks them. He did it in the Bournemouth game. I've forgotten who got kicked, but Gendouzi went. He goes straight over and puts studs on the guy. And I'm like, Mm. you can't teach that. Gendouzi's the sort of guy on a Friday night out I want to be out with. I want to go out with him. I'm going to say some shit or I'm going to do some shit and get in trouble, and I need to know that my boys, regardless of what I've said or what I've done, they're in with me. And that's what Genduzi is for me. And I think that in a team that still has some some gaps and some skills gaps and some holes, that Genduzi provides something intangible, something outside of footballing skill. And I imagine he's a great personality in the dressing rooms. I love there's like a picture of all the Arsenal players walking down the stairs at the start of the season. And Genduzi's like sliding his ass down the rail with his hands up, like Wee! <laughs> <laughs> that's Genduzi for me. Sticking his head out of a car after a North London derby, that's Genduzi for me. Getting in John Terry's head, putting kicks on people. Did anyone mention when he fucking kicked 
Zaha and was like, nah, yep. bruv, yep. not going to fucking happen. And I'm like, I anywhere. love you. I fucking You're love you, Kenny Boozy. Yeah, give that kid a season yeah. under Arteta. He's going to be amazing. We need to appreciate this kid, man. And I, I think he gets on due hate because of what he is. And there's this this stigma in English football that when you're playing in the Premier League, you need to be hard and you need to be stern. You need to be that Martin Keown, that old school sort of player, that 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 hard man, that Duncan Ferguson that everybody loves. But in an age where football, a lot of it is now a lot of play acting, a lot of gamesmanship, you need a player like Gwen mate. You need somebody who's going to go to war no matter what and is willing to do whatever it takes to make sure that we win. If he's got to carry the ball 60, 70 yards, he's going to do it. If he's got to win a foul, if he's got to win a penalty, if he's got to get somebody sent off, if he's got to rile the fans up, he's going to do it. And we don't have enough players like that. And we need to start appreciating this kid. Fuck you, Fergus. All right. Oh, it's undue. It's undue. This concept of like, oh, he falls over all the time. Buying fouls is an important part of the premiership. Damn right. Because it's because it's such a helter-skelter league and it moves up and down the pitch so fast and it's so athletic that buying fouls, breaking up the play feeling the contact and going down. Like, get it out of your fucking head that it's 1970-something. Get it out of your head that English football is a certain way. English football isn't English football anymore. It's global football, and it's got our English twang on it that we like, which is like helter-skelter <laughs> fucking attack, right? Get that shit out of your head and stop thinking about that stuff. Like, I mean, even look at like players like Gareth Bale went down constantly. Would anyone complain if... Uh, Granted, he's a spud and he can fuck off. But would anyone have complained if Gareth Bale had have come through our system and turned into the player that he was? No. Fuck no. You know, no one would have fuck fucking no. cared. I've got friends who are Palace fans and they're like, do you realise how much Wilf Saha buying fouls and going down, how important that is for the way that Palace play, for the mm. way that they're able to then execute free kicks? You know, and as we get... You know, guys like Pepe, I don't know whether we're going to consider Pepe a youth player. I guess we're not going to consider no, him a youth not. player. But, I mean, he's just over that hill into, I guess, like a young adult player, if you want to look at it. But, you know, bringing players like that in with that sort of delivery and then having a player like Genduzzi who's going to buy four or five fouls in a match, all of a sudden that brings in an attacking element that allows us to score from set pieces. If we bring in these guys like Mari and... You know, have, have guys who are better at scoring from set piece. All of a sudden, that's going to have an effect as well. So all this shit about like, oh, I don't like him because he flops around too much. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I love it. I, I, love I, it. Made that point. I did make that point, but you want as uh, graphic as Max is there. Yeah. <laughs> no, man. Sometimes you know what, Scotty. Sometimes you just got to come out and say it, man. You got to say it from your gut, and you you, you don't uh, care about the say, you know, that you're I did mention about the fact that he wins us. You know, he wins us the fouls. He wins us them yellow cards. You know, and he's we not need afraid that. to take. He's not afraid to take yellows either. So, and that, we yeah, need that. What we need, yeah. And you I know think what, the interesting thing is that, that he's Max, not getting spoken on, about on, as a youth player. Hold on, Max. Hold on. Max, hold on. The thing I wanted to say, right, and this goes back to this goes back to last week, is that us being so nice, yeah, us being so easy to play against, us being, you know, everybody's second favorite team. A lot of the time, we never used to get the rubber the green. A lot of the time, we weren't the ones that were, you know, going down easily. We weren't the ones who were doing that stuff. But oppositions used to do it to us, and we would always get in trouble for it. 
But now that we have a player like that, we move away from that old Arsenal way of being nice and, and making sure that we don't get yellows and we don't disrupt the flow and with no gamesmanship. Fuck that. This is new Arsenal, mate. But go on, Max. What are you saying? I was just going to say, I think it's interesting that so many people, uh, they're willing to give youths in the team of a similar age bracket a massive break. But when it comes to Genduzi, because he's played games, he's considered to be a senior player already. And he's not. That's what we said earlier, yeah. Yeah, this he's still a kid. That's the thing that I find interesting with it. Like, everyone's like, oh, Project Youth. And then you don't go and throw Genduzi in there. It's like fucking... Maybe really? that is a maybe that is a compliment to him that people don't want to give him the credit for because that for me would be a compliment. So if I hear people slating me and I was a Ganduzi, I'd be thinking I'll take it as a compliment. They clearly don't see me as a young prospect. They see me as a first teamer. So maybe that's what that's what we were kind of saying at the start is that I think that the fans that are getting on his back um, is harsh. Um, but I still feel that I actually see people see because of the amount of games he's played at such a young age that that is a compliment. So I'm a massive fan. I always have been a massive fan. What uh, else have we done while I've been gone? Have we said that <coughs> Nelson's average? Have we been no, through that? We, oh, yeah. we, haven't, we haven't got that far. We, we kind of touched on it, but I just want to touch on the point that Potts was making. Listen, there are fans out here that want to give Mesut Ozil a break. There are fans, <laughs> there are, Fuck there, there are fans out here. Exactly. There are fans out here that are still saying we need to build a team around him. But when the conversation turns to a player like Gwendoza, they're like, oh, no, he's not good enough, which doesn't make any fucking sense. But anyway, we're going to move on. Now, Ashley Cole and Robert Perez, Matthew Flamini and Fabregas, Saul Campbell, Colo Torre, Vieira, Gilberto Silva. I'm talking about combinations. I'm talking about partnerships on the pitch. And then you fast forward to what we have now. And I'm talking about a blossoming combination that could be our left side for a long, long time to come. And I'm hoping it is. I'm talking about Bukayo Saka and Gabriel Martinelli. The golden boys at the minute. Now, whoever wants to jump in, please jump in. Talk to me, lads, man. How good are these two at the moment? Yeah, I must admit, man, I, I'm, I'm very excited by these two players. I think if you look at our left-hand side... There's a lot of options. There's a lot of injuries, but there's a lot of options, particularly at left back at the moment. Um, obviously, we've we've just signed the new fullback as well. We've got Tierney. We've got Kalasanat. For me, it just proves that we have not missed them because this guy has come in who is not a left back apparently, but looks like he could potentially be one. I think with Martinelli in front of him, the pair of them have just got that. We are going to give 110% no matter what happens. We'll stick together. We'll help each other out. There's a combination there. And it's interesting, Manny, when you say about Ashley Cole and Robert Perez, because that was probably the best left-hand side that Arsenal have had, certainly in my era of watching Arsenal. Yeah. But when you look at this of late, this is looking very, very special. And it's hard to even imagine and believe that they are 18 years of age. This is so, so um, special in terms of potential that I think that we should all be very excited about it. I think when you look at what Saka has brought, he looked to me like he could be a player that could potentially break through uh, on the left wing. But it didn't really look to me as if he was kind of going to stay there in that position for whatever reason. Now that he's come into that left back role, he's kind of made it his own. 
And I think what he seems to have done is have that kind of attitude of, I don't really care where you're going to play me. I am going to give you 110%. And that's why I said right at the start that Arteta has now gone to him as opposed to sticking with Nelson. I know Nelson's had a knock or whatever it be, but he's always going to have, I believe, that one player that he looks at and sticks with and gets puts faith behind. And it looks now that Nelson's gone, he's the next one that he's really looking at. So that left-hand side has been exciting, not just against Chelsea, but I thought it was exceptional against Bournemouth as well. Um, and Saka for me was by far um, man of the match against uh, against Bournemouth. Han has been great in that position um, uh, since he's been there, in my opinion. Max, the um, word so, on the pod. Hold on, hold on. Let me set up the question. I don't want to sit still. <clears throat> we were we were on a pod earlier this year, and we spoke about mentality. Right, we spoke about not that many players in this team have the Martinelli mentality of it doesn't matter what happens, I'm going to make it. And then you put, you put, you can put Bukayo Saka in that conversation because it doesn't matter that I'm playing that position. It doesn't matter that I'm playing left back. It doesn't matter that I'm playing left wing back, left wing, centre back, whatever. Whatever position I'm going to play, I'm going to play my best because I want to make it. How crucial is it to have that Gabriel Martinelli and that Bukayo Saka mentality in order to be to in order to make it in this game, bruv? Well, I think it's the difference between making it and not making it. And I've I've said this before on other podcasts that the skills and the mentality are often two separating factors. You know, if I, I I'm sure I've said this before, but I used to watch quite a lot of the under-21s. We had a stream that was all the under-21 games in Australia. And the amount of guys who I've seen come through who have the skill to be successful but clearly don't have the mentality to be successful is astounding. And I think that when you're looking at Martinelli's and you're looking at Sackers and when you're looking at Genduzzi's for that matter, there's a grittiness and a steeliness and a desire to get it done. Now, Reese Nelson is probably one of the most dominant under-21 players I've ever seen, like absolutely dominant at under-21. Now, I'm not sure whether that's a, a lack of physicality. I'm sure there is an element of lack of physicality there, but I would say that's a mentality thing, a belief thing, not being able to stand up and, and go into a first team and say, I belong here. This is my role and this is what I'm going to do. Now, on Saka, I just want to say two things. Number one, I'm more excited about Saka than I am about Martinelli, right? So everyone's losing it about Martinelli. I am not that I am not losing it about Martinelli, but I am very, very much, very, very big on the Saka train. I don't just think that there's a good player in there. I think that there's potentially an absolutely world-class, like world, world-class player in there. Big statements, big shouts. I don't see anything that he doesn't have. It's deceptively strong. He's very fast. He finishes He finishes intelligently. Like roofing, like, like roofing the ball from that angle that's basically the only option to a player at that age, that's like Alan Shearer shit. You know, that's like I have one option here. I'm just going to blast it and it's going in and that's it. You know, the way he crosses the ball, the way he delivers the ball, the way I don't get fearful of him in tight spaces when he's on the ball and he's on a wing, I don't get fearful about that at all. So I wanted to put out there, that's the amount that I I, I think about this kid. But I think yeah, we need to pump the brakes. But I think we need to pump the brakes a little bit on the idea that he's going to be a left back. 
I understand that he's he's there and he's currently doing it. There were things against, against Chelsea where I was like, okay. He got absolutely bummed by, what's his name? The triple-barreled bloke's name. Hudson-Odoi. Hudson-Odoi. He got absolutely bummed by him for half an hour before we got our shit together and got on the front foot. And I know in that game he went on to play quite well, but I saw holes there and I saw gaps there. I love that they've got this relationship. I personally still think he's a player further up the pitch than is a left back, Mm -hmm. but the ability for us to have someone on that side at that age demographic who looks like they're going to be able to choose their own destiny through being that level, through having that level of versatility is incredibly exciting. And when you're constructing a squad, having players like that in a squad is invaluable. I would say that Saka's value to the team, his input in money that we're not going to have to spend could be upwards of 70 million pounds right now. That's money we do not have to spend. Oh, 100%. I I agree to an extent with the Hudson Adore thing, right? And, And that was his first real examination at left back. But to his credit, right? And which, and, and people don't really give him credit for that. When he did adjust, when he did get his shit together, it was Hudson Adoy who was being asked to switch wings because he was getting no love whatsoever on that side. Mm. Now, I'm going to say, yeah, after about that 25, 30 minute mark, he owned Hudson Adoy all over. And do you remember what that boy did? He owned as well, you know, when they switched. Was it William who was? Like I said, like I said, I believe believe in the very, very experienced winger. Yeah. Yeah, I believe yeah, in the kid, man. I just, I'm not absolutely. sure that that's the spot. I'm, I'm I think, still I think it'll be foolish. It'll be foolish. It'll be foolish to disrupt it at the moment. One thing I will yep. say about Saka that that um, that your boys haven't touched on, which I did forget. I was at the Sheffield United home game. Was it Lundstrom that he put on his ass? Was it oh. Lundstrom? Yeah, and I thought so. That was the first time I thought, wow, this boy's got some strength thing because he's he's a unit. Lundstrom deceptively. Yeah, this is strong. There's one thing that, that I, I, I even forgot. He does have an eye for a decent pass. You remember that Obama Yang assist over at United? Yeah, mm. just that tiny little ball around the corner. The boy can do it all, but what I like about him more than everything he can do is that upstairs me- mentally is that whatever position you ask of me, coach. I will do it and he will do it to the best of his ability. And there's mm. so many players, there's so many players that have come and gone, right? In, in the years that we've been supporting this club, that they have all the ability in the world. There's one in the freaking squad right now. I, I have to go back to him because I haven't had my rant about him. <laughs> there's one particular thing, there's one particular bug-eyed ET looking cunt in the team, right? <laughs> all the ability in the world. All the ability in the world, right? Can do anything with a football, but mentally so weak so feeble such a bitch and meanwhile you have somebody like Saka who comes in I'm 18 years old I'm being played out of position but you know what it doesn't matter ask Mr. Ozil to play defensive midfield for 30 minutes but Hell, they, bitched, ask, they have bitched on. him they have, have bitched him Max. yeah let me have my rap Max all right ask him to, to mark Jorginho for 45 minutes and he will give up in 15 God, yeah? you're giving him that long genuinely that's how long he gave up for in the Europa League final 15 minutes 15 minutes I watched the game back and I was watching him in particular because he was given that Ramsey role 
And in 15 minutes, he gave up. And then when, once he gave up, that's when Chelsea started to dominate the game. But if you were to ask somebody like Saka, listen, this is your man. You're not going to escape him. He's not letting Jorginho go anywhere. Max, you were saying, bro. I'm just saying these kids have bitched some of the senior players. Mm. Like they have lit. I, I wonder, I said this to, I said this to Toby on the phone the other day. I wonder like whether or not there's any tension in the dressing room because our senior players are essentially getting like burned by these kids. You know, people like, oh, it must be so great having them around. But I look at it and I'm like, you just bitched a World Cup winner. You know, like, <laughs> like you literally just came out and what you guys are doing and how hard you're running and the effect you're having. Like Martinelli, like without jumping the gun massively on it, because as you guys know, I'm always a bit pumped the brakes on things. I like to see how things pan out. But what has Martinelli's performances done to Lacazette? You know, it's like Z sitting there and looking at this 18-year-old kid and being like, I got signed for 55 million pounds to be Arsenal's main man. Nobody's singing my fucking song. Like, I, like I'm working my ass off, but he's not having the impact that Martinelli's having. And for me, it's like these kids, like, what did the five fingers say to the face? Slap. <laughs> he has done that, to go back to Saka as well, um, I know you're saying pump the brakes on the left back, but he's got the potential makings of a great left wing back. Yep. Yeah, he yeah, really yeah, has. yeah. Not yeah. not necessarily a full on left back, but as a left wing back who pushes forward more often than not, he's got all the potential makings for that. I just don't um, want people I to agree with you. hold people no. into into positions and say he's had four or five good games back there. Yeah. He's definitely a left back. Like well, we haven't seen making... Tier, we haven't seen Tierney in this system, a fit Tierney in this system, but uh, like I would say, uh, the the thing is, is put, he's, he's better giving, than he's giving everyone another option. Yeah, and he's better than Kalasnik, and oh, Kalasnik's on one hundred and fifty one hundred and fifty grand a week wages. Mm. Max, I'll fucking on. sell him. Hold on, Max Potts, what the hell were you doing? Were you having a wank again? No man, I had to top up, man. I had to top up with some had, orange had, soda, man. But I'm he had like, to top uh, up I'm because like, he's uh, had a wank and he's low on fluids now. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. I'm like, uh, I'm like uh, Kel from Keenan and Kel, man. I love orange soda. Is that orange soda? Is that orange juice? Orange soda, man. Orange soda, and there's no fucking wine or Harry Bow in it. Man, it was a nice mix, bro. You need to try it. Fuck, yeah, no, I do need to try it. I do need to try it. But listen. No, I want to keep holding teeth, thanks. <laughs> oh, There's nothing wrong with having it or the Harry Bowl here and there. You know what I mean? I bet you I bet you have your kids' sweets, bro. Don't lie. Oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to deny that. Jesus Christ. If they're left <laughs> hanging around, right? You see one in a packet still, you think, oh, fuck it, I'll have that. <laughs> Human Henry Hoover, man. Listen. No. Martinelli. Right. I'm just going to come with you and then we're going to move on, man. Martinelli. The sky's the limit. Or do we really need to chill with this kid? I don't know about that one, to be fair, because the way the way he has been playing and it, the way he's taking his chances, you know, it's. I think the sky's the limit for him. He's he's just that kid who just doesn't give up running. He just doesn't give up doing anything. Is another one. Is another one that we're saying about Gwen Doozy. When you want, when you're in a scrappy game, he's another. He's another lad who you want in your team, who's going to take take it by the scruff of the neck and just think, fuck you, cunts, I'm going for it. I don't give a shit what you're saying. Look what he did against Chelsea. All right, it, you know, that header come out to uh, Mustafi had to come out to him. He thought, 
do you know what? Screw it. I'm having this. Ran with it. Mm. He didn't give a shit who was in front of him. All right, Kante slipped, but I still think he would have got past him even if he didn't slip. And then it's like, and then Pepe's running next to him. And it's like, oh, you're thinking, oh, he might pass it. Nah, he's having it. He's on. He's having it. He, he just doesn't give a shit. And that's what I like about him. You know, he got stood on his hand not so long ago. I can't remember what game it is. And I think he had one game out and he got his hand strapped up and he was still back on the pitch the next on the next game. So he, I think he only like, missed one game by doing that. And he's still back out the next time, all bandaged up on his hand and everything. Still out there, still giving it 110%. I just, you can't fault the guy at the minute. No, you he can't. Is, and like Max was saying, he, he, you know, even a Bamiyang, he must be shitting himself by thinking this 18 year old <laughs> kid's showing me up. Man, if you as a senior player, you're looking at these young players, right? And especially if you're at the tail end of your career, if you are so close-minded, right? And if you're so, you know, narrow-minded that you, instead of inspiring these young kids to be great, you're sulking about them showing you up. That's it. That tells me a lot about the mentality within this team. And I can already see a few players doing that because we've seen these players down tools. So really, we know that these players are capable of anything. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's what's going on in the dressing room. I wouldn't be surprised if they're soaking in the corner like, yeah, you know what, you fucking kid. Instead of going, what the fuck is this kid doing to me? It's like, no, let me show you how it's done here. Mm. You know what I mean? We don't, we don't have players with that mentality because this is the same group of dickheads who went to back and embarrassed us. So mm. listen, I'm going to move on from those two guys. I'm going to talk about two very different I don't even know if one of them actually fits into this Project Youth thing, but I'm going to throw him in confirm him anyway. I'm talking about Joe Willock and Maitland-Niles. Now, in those two players, Max, do we have the future of Arsenal's midfield? Hurry up, bruv! Man, it's a very difficult question. Because, like, the fan inside me, who is a massive Ainsley Maitland-Niles fan, I'm a massive, massive Ainsley Maitland-Niles fan, and I have been for a really, really long time. So throughout when people had descending voices about him and things like that, I was a fan of him. I still am a fan of him. Um, you know, you can see Maitland-Niles pull a ball out of the sky on his toe and just kill it dead. And you can also see him stand there and the defender take the ball off his toe and he stands there. He's like, all right, man, you did that. <sighs> takes a fucking puff out of his blunt but yeah 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 but <laughs> with his blunt and his house keys i think that the arteta mentality this is genuinely what i believe with the way that we appear to be looking to rebalance our squad as far as where we're going to spend our money on transfers with the emergence of martinelli with the emergence of a lot of the youth i've got a feeling that's what arteta's thinking I've got a feeling this Suarez signing speaks volumes to the fact that Arteta believes that Ainsley Maitland-Niles has to move into the midfield. Um, the time he spent at right back, the fact that he's been pulling into a right of a three system at right back anyway, uh, the fact that we've been crying out for a ball carrier, someone who can beat a guy, someone who can get in between the lines, someone with a pass. Don't forget Maitland-Niles has goals at youth level as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if we're talking about money saved at the bare minimum, there's squad money saved, you know, 20 grand on a squad, uh, 20 million pound on a squad player, 30 million pound on a squad player. Um, and I believe you can make cohesive midfields 
out of these guys. What Maitland Niles is, we've we've now really got no idea, and that's a that's an issue for us as fans, and that's an issue that Arteta has to unsolve because when he came through, we were convinced he was a, a, a deep lying midfielder. Then we were kind of led to believe that he was a, a right sided forward for a period of time, wing back for a period of time, apt right back for a period of time. So Maitland Niles, I'm going to put just on the side. I'm just going to put him on the side and and we'll see what happens with him. All the skill in the world, all the ability in the world. Joe Willock, legitimately, if he could just start stringing together performances and if he can start taking what Arteta has to say to him and turning it into genuine performances, that boy's got the lot. We've seen him score crackers. His goal against Liverpool. Like we're talking about, oh, we need midfielders with goals. We need midfielders who have a shot. Well, Willock's got that. I only read the other day that he's over six foot one. The mm-hmm. boy does not look that tall to me. Like he's on quite a thick frame. He's super fast. Uh, he's uh, someone put up his stats the other day, and he's got like in the games he's played, he's in basically the top five parameters for everything like running distance, tackles made, interceptions made, and he falls down in dispossessions and his passing stats are the two that he falls down in. I think he gets dispossessed a huge amount because he dwells on the ball a little bit. But, I mean, that's all coming with with experience. So in my really, really, like, incredibly roundabout way, have we found midfielders that are going to move us into the future? Yeah, I think we have, but I think we have out of necessity more than anything, because I don't think Arteta's looking at that midfield and thinking, I want to spend millions and millions of pounds there. I think he's looking at other ends of the pitch. Yeah, and I'm hoping he is. Pots! <laughs> you've, you've criticized Willock all season. Mm. We've had conversations, bro. If you're like, I don't think this guy's going to make it. You've been a no. doubter, bro. You've been a doubter, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you watched the Bournemouth game just like I watched the Bournemouth game, and this was kind of... For us as fans, it was our reintroduction into Joe Willard because he hasn't been in the side. He hasn't been in the side since Jungberg, you know, was in charge. And he wasn't great under Jungberg. And people was like, hey, you know, Jungberg worked with him. And Jungberg's the reason why he is, the, he is what he is now. But are you starting to change your stance a little bit with Joe Willock after that little performance you saw him against Bournemouth? Mm. Yeah, it was a great performance against Bournemouth. What I like about him the most is the fact that he's got some drive when he goes forward with the ball. I'm still not convinced. I'm still not convinced that this guy is going to make it Arsenal. Um, I said at the start of this pod that I think there's three that are going to make it and I stand by that and they are Genduzzi, Saka and Martinelli. Uh, I personally disagree with Max. I think Martinelli would be the best of the three. I think this that guy really has got everything uh, and the stats are proving it. I think the last time that he's actually, anybody come near that was Nicholas Anelka. If he's half as good as him, I'll be really impressed. Running down on goal like that looks superb. We've already mentioned why we think Saka will make it and Guendouzi also. I'm not too sure about Maitland-Niles and Willock. If they do make it at Arsenal, I don't believe they'll be first teamers. I think they'll be around the squad. And sometimes that's not bad. If players like that are Arsenal through and through, then sometimes you need that for the dressing room. You know, love him or hate him, Ray Parler, he was like that. He was an Arsenal through and through. People used to say he wasn't the best player. No, he wasn't. But he was a legend in his own right because he loved the club and he put his life on the line for it. And sometimes that is what you need in the dressing room. You look at Carl Jenkinson to how bad he is 
how poor he was as a footballer, how shockingly bad he was as a footballer. But in the dressing room, he was a, he was basically living the dream that we would all love to live. Sometimes for the dressing room, you need that, and that that kind of gets you through certain games. So for me, if Joe Willock and Maitland Niles are going to be at Arsenal for the future, I don't think it will be in the first team. I personally don't see Ainsley Maitland Niles as the uh, centre midfielder that Max does. But listen, I hope I'm wrong because they're both they both got potential. Don't get me wrong. I'm just not seeing that. I, I put them in the Nelson bracket for me. I don't put them in the Saka or Martinelli bracket. Saying that, Manny, I, I was impressed with him on Monday night, Joe Willock, and I was, and 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 you know, a lot of people said that it was a poor second half he had. I don't think anyone was amazing in the second half. To be fair, it was a boring no, second half. First gear was boring. Really bad poor shit. second half. Yeah. Uh, but Joe Willock, yeah, great, 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 um, great game from him. To be fair, on Monday night. Dan, Man, the people, Dan, people will come quick, quick anything. Go on, bruv. I was just going to say, it's the fact that Maitland-Niles is a 7 out of 10 player in three positions mean that Maitland-Niles is actually more likely to become more of our James Milner stopgap long-time squad player, 25 games a season. He's maybe more likely to be one of the guys who makes it not mm. to the top level, but makes it. And Willock's actually the guy who has to make it, make it, because his diversity isn't as high as what Maitland-Niles' diversity is. Uh, that's that's the way I see AMN. I see AMN yeah, as that be, real archetype right of squad with, player. You may be right there. I mean, he can play left-back, right-back, centre-mid. He can go forward. He can be as put, put on the wing before. I think yep. with Joe Willock, I'm not so sure that uh, – I thought he was an eight. Joe Willock, then he was playing as a 10 and he looked okay. Uh, and then it was just like, okay, performances. We ha- He has sort of scored a couple of crackers, don't get me wrong, but he's also missed some absolute sitters. And mm. it, to me, seems like it's one or the other with Joe Willock. Ainsley Maitland-Niles is probably more of a consistent 7 out of 10 performer in those positions. You're right. And maybe you could be our James Milner. But I'm just not convinced that he's going to be a first-team player along with Joe Willock. I think that, um, like, uh, what's his name up front as well we haven't mentioned? Um, oh, bloody hell, why is that? In Ketia, sorry. Uh, those three, I just don't see that they're going to make yeah, it in the first blah. team. That's all. Blah. I got, chewed, I got chewed out on Twitter for saying that we should put Willock out on loan next season. Because I genuinely think if he went and got a full season of football, a full season of football in a, in a Premier League side, that that's going to be the best opportunity for us to get back the player that we may need in a year or so, not trying to integrate him in, in bits and pieces. And people called me mad. See, no, see, part of me agrees with that, right? But I think he should have gone out this season as opposed to next because now with with the attributes that he does have, right, with the strength that he had to just spin away from Dan Gosling, not once, but a few times in that game, the running power and then that ability to just pause and just, you know, pop the ball off to Martinelli when he could have been tempted to have a shot. And then when he, I, I can't remember who he spun, but when he jinked his way into the box, right, and his energy and his pressing and the running power that we don't have within the side, he has it. And I feel that we've missed the trick in sending him out alone this season because now we are going to need him more next season. Because I don't nice. think in the summer... I think in the summer, the midfield is going to be, you know, the area where the, the board focus on. I don't think it is. I think it's going to be more defense 
And I think we've we missed the trick. He should have gone out on loan this season, for real. When, yeah. you, when you send these players out on loan as well, what do you boys think about where they go on loan? Because that, to me, is fairly important. I believe that it's it's kind of not just about them playing every game, but kind of, for example, you look at Smith Rowe. That, for me, is a really good loan signing because he'll go to Huddersfield, yeah. he'll play every game, and he'll get fucking beaten up and he'll toughen yeah, up. lumps kicked yeah? out of him. He'll, yeah. He will. So that, for me, is a good is a good uh, loan signing. I'm not so sure that it was that great when he went over to Leipzig, personally. No, you know so, what, mm. right? I think it's, for me, I would keep him in English football. Yes, yeah, yeah, agreed. Agreed. That's my personal opinion because when you send them to places like Leipzig and whatnot, it's a completely different culture. It's a completely different type of football. It's not people were saying that yes, it's as fast as the Premier League. Okay, but it's not as physical as the Premier League. Right? Reese Nelson went over there and he did fairly well. Look, look at the player that he is now. He is not the player that we thought he was going to be. He only, so did, very, he only did very well at the start when he first went out there. Then he got dropped. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mm. believe if you're gonna get send these guys out on loan, you know, like the John Jules at Lincoln, the the Ola Yinka at Northampton, you know, the um, Smith Rowe in Huddersfield and whatnot, keep them in English football. Mm. Let them go down there, and it's still a very fast pace. It's very physical, and you've got to grind. The pitches are not as great. Your yep. pass has to be 100. Your touch has to be 100. percent So, and the and the fans are, and the fans are screaming at you because Championship football is you know do or die. It's it's it's, 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 not just, it's not just Champions League football. Like uh, with uh, John Jules, he's gone to Lincoln, so that's like what is it, League One or League Two football? League so even even doing that, yeah. going down even to the League Two, League One, there's still there's good teams there. It's it's still physical, you know, if not more physical. And I like, love watching just Championship said, football. Yeah, I, I like think Manny I, said, even in League One and League Two, the pitches are terrible. Yeah, yep. it's the hardest. It is the hardest yeah. league I think to win or to get out of in all of the top leagues i would say the championship is the hardest league it's the most hard fought it's the closest they play every three games i think when you go somewhere like germany when you send a kid overseas it's good for growing them up it gets them off their mum's tit it gets them out and into the real world i also think it's good for skills development i think they go over there and it's a little bit more lightweight than the premiership and it's very very tactical uh very technical lots of different formations has proven that hasn't he yeah I'd be interested to see how Jaden Sancho would even go back in a premiership team. And I guarantee you that the level he's at in Germany, that level would not be equal when he came back to the premiership. He would take a season to be able to come through as well. So I like sending guys to the championship, but I also do not mind sending guys to the premiership. I don't mind sending guys to the premiership. I wouldn't mind sending, looking at it and saying, okay, well, can we send Joe Willock to a Bournemouth? where he's at least going to play in a team that plays interesting football under an interesting coach. It doesn't really matter that Bournemouth aren't playing particularly well or they're going to get relegated. As long as he's getting game time and as long as he's active and involved in it, mm. fantastic. So, so yeah, I'm with I, you there and Nelson to Palace or something like that. That, that to me, Jam- I would not mind. Chambers that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Why not send someone to Palace? Why not send Nelson off to a Premier League team and say, look, you know, it, we expect him to play 20 games in the first six months. If he doesn't play 20 games in the first six months, then you pull him on loan at the end of six months and you send him somewhere else. I think this is the world that we have to live in with these guys. But if what I'm led to believe is true through a couple of people, I know, Dan, you had a contact who told you this as well, um, and a guy who I, I have contact with on Twitter told me this as well. But apparently we've essentially got like a 60 or 70 million pounds worth of our budget has been put aside for a central defender. And that may be like an Upper Mancano or someone like that. So it is very, very, very unlikely 
that midfielders are going to be coming in. And I'll put this to you. I know it's not about the youth, but I almost guarantee you Granite Xhaka gets a one-year extension, a one-year or a two-year extension on his contract. I guarantee you of it just because... When does his contract run out? I think, it's, I think he goes into the last year at the end of this season. I think he goes into the last year. No, remember, he Fuck signed sake. a five-year deal. He signed no, a five-year no, deal. Yeah. That, that Emery came. Did he sign an extension under Emery, did he? Yeah. No, five years before Emery was confirmed or after he was confirmed. Yeah, so, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, it was, wasn't it? It was the end of uh, Wenger's year, wasn't it? He they'll, give him an extension. Yeah. they'll give him an extension to make a statement. But bringing it back to the youth, so we don't go too far off topic... I think that because of that, because of that solidifying in that position within the system that clearly works, that works in the dual pivot with Torreira, I think that the youth are going to be used by Arteta. He's going to back them heavily. He's going to coach them heavily. I think that's why you won't see Ceballos play so much for the end of the year. I think you'll see Maitland-Niles given some runouts. I think that you'll definitely see Willett given more runouts. And as long as they perform, I think they'll maintain their spot in the team over Ceballos, who I don't think is going to stay. We're going to backfill the team with this youth. This youth is theoretically going to save us a hundred million pounds in transfers that we may otherwise have needed to make while we backfill our defense, move on the old blood, readjust what the the age demographic and the skill demographic and the weighting of that defensive area is. Mm. And then with Martinelli up there, I assume Aubameyang will be gone, meaning Martinelli is going to have a more pivotal part next season. I don't think Lacazette will go anywhere. I think he'll just be maintained as a pivotal central figure, the the mature striker with Martinelli, and then maybe we'll bring someone else in as well on top of that to make some kind of a three. But I essentially believe that the youth within this midfield, that your Willicks and your AMNs and guys like that, are going to be used to bolster because this this isn't going to be a one-season turnover for us. It's not going to be like we're going to go out and spend £40 million and we're going to get this dominant defensive midfield and we're going to go get £60 million worth of Upper Mancano and we're going to relate, re, we're going to replace Aubameyang. These kids are going to be used at least over the next two seasons while we start strengthening and pulling other areas. And I think the midfield will probably be the last part that we attack. Yeah. And that was the that was the part I wanted to go into, but thanks, Max, for doing that because you save us another 10, 15 minutes. And I want to go outside and celebrate Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> does everyone agree? Does everyone agree with that? That this this is essentially the plan and that it's it's a money save. Yeah. And this this is why you know when when you know certain people go at our, our young players so hard and when they say that they're not good enough they're not good enough we need to get rid of them I'm like do you understand that these players these youth players that we need to back they are pivotal to how we do business in the next few years because don't be surprised if the Sackers or the Martinelli's go on to be the players that we think they're going to be they will be gone for 18 90 million mm. while we reinvent while we do what Liverpool did with Coutinho, while we do what, what so many, you know, what United did with Ronaldo, right? Don't be surprised that these youth, but we need them to actually be the players that we think they're going to be because that's our moneymaker right there. Yeah. Yes, they may, yeah. yes they, may, they, may, they may win us a title here and there. And I'm not saying Premier League title, I'm saying a title. It could be FA Cup, it could be Europa League, it could be whatever. But at the end of the day, if they are going to be a success we are going to sell them for big money. So they need to be a success, mate. So yeah. we need to back them while they're here. We need to back 
as fans, we give them time and we give them that to grow and become these players. Because yep. if they fail, we're in trouble, mate. Ah, but <laughs> can I can trouble. I just can I just add something that the godfather of football, in my opinion, Clive PFC from Arsenal Vision, who I just uh, who, who I just think I just think Clive is just the fucking best, the best of the best out there. Everything he says, I just sit there and, and nod my head along to. And he said on their last podcast, it's not about whether or not they completely make it because each of them has an asset value on sale, even if they only half make it. So if we use them over this season, they become decent players, but they're not good enough. They still hold value for us. So it's not just about whether they make it, make it. It's about whether they either make it or whether they end up doing an awobi for us and creating 35 million pounds worth of of revenue coming in on the sale of them you know and and you know just finally i I think it's just a a, something to think about as well to get excited about the kids to back the kids but also to understand that some of them are not going to make it and not trying to force the issue you know and that's the way i feel about i I know i've been given some shit i know steve who's got a bit of a chubby for the kids Um, (laughs) oh my god you just had to. I, do it, didn't you? I had to. I had to put had it in. I know. I know. I know. Steve. I know. Steve will listen. I love you, Steve. Um, but like guys like Eddie, I honestly don't believe people saying that next season we could lose Aubameyang and go into the season with Martinelli, Lacazette, and Nketiah. I don't. I don't believe that. I don't see that. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that's good enough. I don't think that's. I don't think you downgrade from Aubameyang into an eighteen-year-old whiz kid. Uh, 12 to 15 goal a year, French striker and an Eddie Nketia. So what I'm trying to say is, I guess, back the kids. They're going to save us a fortune. They all have on sale value, but also be realistic, guys. Be realistic when you're watching performances and try and not get clouded in the idea that these kids are ours and they have to make it regardless. If they're not good enough, sell them and bring someone in who is. Fair play. Scotty and Potts, final word with you guys, man. What's your take on this? Trip? I think, I think what we have to be realistic about is kind of the fact that there is some exciting youth here, and I don't really remember a time where we've had this much potential coming through at the same time. My only negative, I suppose, is I wouldn't mind seeing some centre halves and defensive midfielders coming through at this age because they all seem to be the same kind of positions. You know, we're seeing the Willocks and the Maitland Niles, and we're seeing the Martinelli's and Sackers and Nelsons. We're not really seeing a beast of a defensive midfielder or a beast of a centre-half. And that, for me, is is quite disappointing. Um, I'd love to see that come through. I think we have to be realistic. I don't think they're all going to make it. And I still stand by it that these three are going to be special for us, Guendouzi, Saka and Martinelli. Fair play. Scani? Uh, I, I have to agree with Dan, you know, um, especially with the three that I mentioned with Nelson, AMN and uh, Willock. Um I'm the same with them. I, I feel I feel the same way as he does, so I won't go into it too much. But it's uh, yeah, I agree with him as well. Like we don't see these centre backs, you know. It, that's the issue that I'm finding. We're not seeing these big centre backs or even a decent centre back youth player that looks like he's coming through anytime soon. It's you know, if you even look to the past, you know, we had Robin van Persie, we had uh, Cesc Fabregas. Flamini, you know, they're the only ones that I can really think of off the top of my head that come through the youth system that look to be special players. And there's not very many, you don't see many of them coming around at Arsenal. 
Centre backs um, develop. Centre backs develop later, though, much later. So it's very hard to pull them through from youth and put them into the first team. I mean, even someone like you know Manny's favorite player of of all time, Koscielny. Even even Koscielny <laughs> didn't come through out of the second division of the French league until he was like what twenty four, twenty five. Suckerle bleu, Manny. Suckerle bleu. Fuck him. <laughs> Fuck him. Scunny, go go finish what you were saying, man. Fuck you, Max. <laughs> I can't be asked. Go on, Max. You finish. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, anyway, I've said my pick. I completely agree with you. I just think it's very hard to develop centre backs out of. No, I don't know about that. There, are, there has been some good centre backs who are uh, looking youngsters. Uh, you know, Umtiti come off the scene quite quickly. He was only a young lad when he first started. At, uh, we where was he? Marseille? Was it Marseille or Lyon? I can't remember which yeah. one it was. The Lyon. Have we ever bought yeah. a centre back from youth? Youth the whole way through? No. No. no? We've I can't never. Think of one. Uh, the nope. only person I think. Was no, I was gonna say Tony, Tony Adams, Adams weren't but, too bad. No, but I don't think he come from our youth though, did he? Tony Adams was, yeah, he was seventeen was and then twenty one as a captain. Yeah, no, oh, he's go, the then. only one I can think of though. So that, that yeah, probably yeah, is the only one. Yeah, mm. man, that was a, that was a year, that was back in the eighties, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's still. Well, carry on, Scott. Martin Keown, sorry, yeah, Martin Keown was another one, wasn't he? Yeah, as well. So yeah, no, again, it's a long time ago. Yeah. Again, so the, these are a long time ago. So you do get these centre backs that do come through and they look really good. All right, Umtiti's got bloody glass ankles, so it's a, that's another thing. But it's we need to we need to find these centre backs and we need to find stuff like this and new system. So you're not going out and spending the Virgil Van Dyke monies and the Harry Maguire monies on centre backs, and that's what Maguire. that's what we're struggling with. You know, and that's what that's that's always that's always going to happen. We're not going to be able to afford these guys. <laughs> <laughs> if Harry Maguire, if Harry Maguire can rake in eighty-five million, how much do you think Van Dyke will be worth now? Yeah, but Van Dyke is actually a good defender. Maguire is no. I was, on about, I was on about the money's money worth, not the uh, yeah, not the imagine, actual thing of him. Listen, you know, even John imagine, Stones has been terrible for Man City. And he costs fifty million. Exactly, United imagine, they're like a fucking sitcom. <laughs> but we're not going to be able to afford this this type of money. Arsenal are never going to spend. Between if 50 we and 100 million on a defender. And this but is what this is we what did, we're going to have to do. Imagine if we did, Scania, we bought fucking Maguire, man. Imagine <laughs> if after all these years, right? He was good at Sheffield United. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine you're like, Arsenal finally going to spend money on a big dominant centre half and this fucking Maguire, man. Imagine that. Exactly. I mean, You'd be pissed, yeah. wouldn't you? <laughs> Oh, fuck that, but I'll be... What a, so what a great way off. to finish the pod, just laughing at Manu, just vigorously. Yeah. No, they signed Igalo on loan, man. They just signed Igalo. <laughs> I was going to say that on the next one that we're on in a bit. Mm. It's funny when you think that you might get Josh King and then you end up with Igalo on loan, man. What the fuck's going on? Or was it Cavani? Is it Cavani they started with? Then it went to Josh King and now it's gone to fucking Igalo. <laughs> From Luka Jovic to Cavani to Josh King to fucking Igalo, right? Who just come from Shanghai Shenhua. We don't even know if he's. You want to know the really sad thing? We got yeah. Mustafi. Man. No, we haven't. He's injured. Mm. We, we bought Mustafi. Yeah, but he was 35, not 85. Yeah, yeah. But still, every time I laugh, every time I laugh, my heart sinks and I just think, 
Yeah, but we got Mustafi. <laughs> and we paid Come 50 on, million less. And we still mm. a lot of people, man. That's how we got our entertainment in, you know what I mean? Yeah. We've got to look at it and go, go, for, for, go what's his name? Gideon? Gideon? I don't know. When you and I you got to come. Listen, we're going to end it on that, man. Because it's bad it's for us to be still have time to laugh at United. That tells you everything you need to know about how far they've fallen. So, boys, Brexit's around the corner. <laughs> Four minutes away. This country's fucking stupid. I hate all you dickheads. <laughs> Fuck all you cunts. I hope you burn in hell. Right, I hope you. I hope they put they stick you in the redneck side of hell as well. All right, fuck all of you lot. Pots, thank you for joining me. Bro. Been a pleasure. Been a pleasure. Everyone, everyone, get everyone, get your serious hat on. We've got to go on to same old Arsenal in a sec. So I'm just gonna get my serious hat on. I need to get my fuck. Yeah, no more. Fuck, no fuck, more fuck, fucks fuck, and fuck, 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 cunt, 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 cunt. Get cunt. out way right. you can. Yeah. Well, you all can't right, joke. No, you can swear on there, man. Just, just not, not as just not with the same like the amount of venom. Way. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Oh. You can't look deep in the camera and just be like, "You're a cunt." <laughs> well, I'm not do that again. Oh, you look geez. even worse doing that. I thought you was an AIDS victim. Fuck you know. Wait, <laughs> I can match. Let me match man, the you avatar. Can swear. You can swear. Match you can swear. It. You know you can swear. Match it. Magic, no, no, just forget it. Just forget it. But yeah, so yeah, we're gonna be on. We're gonna just jump on a fucking same old Arsenal. Like I said, on top of this, man, fuck you, Brexit, and all you Brexit voters. <laughs> if you're a Brexit voter and you're watching this, I hope that somebody sticks a spike dildo up your fucking ass and rips your spoon out. I would have fuck. voted for Brexit. I would have voted for Brexit. Conservatism, gonna... make England this great again. I'm... This is why I'm gonna break your fucking jaw, you prick. Yeah, well, anyway, fucking come, come over here, bro. Get on a plane. I'll show you the snakes and the crocodiles and the sharks. I can bite your black ass. No, 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 no. You keep me away from all those snakes and sharks, man. You <laughs> is bad enough. But listen, man. Love you, fuckers. All we'll right, catch- bye. Laters. Laters.